got you know what I like to do uh, and I hope you like it too uh, is just have like an open discussion we have so many great minds here why not let's just open it up and whatever topics you like to talk about let's just kind of get into it what you got on your mind human sacrifice yes human sacrifice <laughs> any, any volunteers <laughs> don't make us have to choose you <laughs> so yeah let's let's kind of do, do like that we had a uh, a gathering last week in I think it was last week maybe week before last in Dallas uh, some really nice people came and we just opened the, opened it up to talk about what you want to talk about and because uh, it's not a this isn't a lecture or a class it's a discussion you know, we, we connect, so uh, you don't have to wait and hold your questions. If you have a question, go ahead, you know. And if I don't want to talk about your question, I'll just ignore you. <laughs> <laughs> so, who wants to kick it off? Who's got the courage? Ah, courageous man. Yes, probably. This chanting, how does it show? Chanting. Um, it's repetitive over and over again, um, which is the nature of the mantra. Why, why, is, why is it so, or how, how is the repetition um, explained and called it mantra technology? Well, Some people say it's brainwashing, so uh, it's like self-suggestion. Well, it is brainwashing. Yeah, different comments we hear. It is brainwashing because oh. it's cleansing the it's brain. It's all in the mind. Oh. It's meditation. We, you, if you can't really get much out of something if you just say it one time. There's uh, 32 syllables in the Maha Mantra. You just say it. How much did you get? You know, how much do you have? What did it? What did it do? Of course, you, it'll, it has much more potency than we can measure. You just say it one time, and it gives you tremendous spiritual uh, benefit. However, for you to really make something of it you need to meditate on it the art of meditation is to fix your mind you fix your mind on something and and to stop the mind from wandering here and there you know because that's what it likes to do anyway but meditation is uh, is an austerity you take something and you you fix your mind on it and you go deep into it you see so uh, uh, that means repetition we re repeat it again and again and uh, <clears throat> uh, this chanting you'll notice when you have a, a melody like like you had and it's the same melody it's the same verse again and again the same melody the mind starts to embrace it it gets in your mind and you're then you can start to fix on it you know so uh, you hear it again and again and the object of the game is when you're finished that it doesn't stop. You ever notice, you know, in kirtan, when you have a really sweet kirtan, that when you finish, and then later on, that, that evening maybe, you may, you still hear it, you're still going in your mind, and it's so pleasant, the tune is still there. And then if somebody says something to distract your attention somewhere else, you may answer their question, and then you go back and you think, wait, it's gone. What was the melody? Oh man, I can't remember it, you know. You know, oh Krishna, let me have it again, please, you know. So, the potency is in meditation is to focus your mind. Now, uh, how potent is meditation? Very. Huh? It's very potent. It relaxes your body and your mind. It clears up your energy. But the, the potency of meditation depends on the object of your meditation. Because like if, if you just meditate on an apple, you know, oh, this beautiful apple, so juicy, you know. Uh, what does that give you? The apple consciousness. <laughs> you could describe that the apple to, you know, if you, if you meditated on it for days, you could describe that apple to people all over the world. Everybody you talk to, you could start to tell them about this apple. That's the object of your meditation. Or a calm pool of water, you're meditating on it. And you become expert on a calm pool of water. And so what benefit can I do to you 
if I describe to you the object of my meditation, which is something mundane like that, or if I'm meditating on nothingness, your meditation is as potent as what you're meditating on. If you're meditating on nothingness, you get some relaxation. Maybe it's about as much as if you took a nice nap, you know? So it's like that. So in anything, there's, uh, there's expert, and there's uh, maybe not so expert, and there's bogus. See, so in this day and age, so many people are talking about meditation, and so many of them are bogus. You know, some of them know that they're bogus, and they just want your money, or your fa they want to be famous. They want you to think they want to impress you with something that you didn't know before. So I'm going to talk about meditation. You know. Let's go. And they, they bring in the syllable om. You know, they 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 misuse om. Om. Well, om is the beginning. It's the beginning. But it's not the end also, you see. What's your name? Marky. Marky? Mm -hmm. All right. What if I were to say, Marky! 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 Yes, already! You know. What? For crying out loud, you know, getting on my nerves. So when we're chanting, Aum, the supreme energy of Krishna says, Yes? You've summoned me, yes? <laughs> Maybe he doesn't hear well. Yes! I, I'm here! You know, <laughs> oh, oh, enough of this. You know. you, let me know when you're finished, and I'll be back when you're ready. <laughs> you know, I can just see Krishna saying, "Oi." <laughs> how, how would that? How would that meditation differ from chanting the Hare Krishna? Yeah, you're just we'll calling Krishna. You're just following Krishna and saying Krishna, 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 and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, Krishna, Krishna, Krishna." Because yeah. when you're but chanting Hare Krishna, how would you like it if you followed your language, Jivananda, 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 just the same way you did chanting? Yeah, well, but you're not just calling him. See, this is chanting Hare Krishna goes beyond Om. You know, in the the Vedic uh, mantras, many of them start with Om, Om. Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om my dear Lord Namo please accept my obeisances Bhagavate to you one who is complete in all opulences Vasudevaya O son of Vasudev now that's sweet isn't that better than just the Om you know I mean, if you have a friend that just says, Oh, Marky. Marky, Marky, Marky. 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 And you're like, I feel like you, I feel like you want to say something, but <laughs> what? You know, Marky, you're such a good friend. You're so dependable. You know, I just wanted to tell you how much I cared for you and offer my respects. And thank you for being my friend. Now that's a complete communication rather than Marky. You know, isn't it? That's a little different level. It's a recognizing a person, a personality, rather than just a thing. You know. So how does the Maha Mantra come into it? The Maha Mantra is actually talking to this personality. You know, we're asking, my dear Lord, please engage me in your loving devotional service. Please let me serve you. You know, that's a real prayer out of love. When I, when you love somebody, you want to do something for them, you want to serve them. So when we're chanting, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. You're saying to Krishna, you're praying through Radharani, Krishna's feminine energy. 
Hara is Radharani. Krishna, please engage me in your loving devotional service. Let me do something for you out of love, you see. And when you say that to Krishna, Krishna says, oh, that's so sweet. Oh, okay, we can arrange that. We'll give you some loving devotional service, you see. And so when you <clears throat> fix your mind on it by repeating it over and over and over, you, you get to where eventually it'll stay in your mind. It'll, it'll never leave, you see. No matter what you're doing, you'll have the Maha Mantra going. And uh, that's called samadhi. Samadhi is, is fixed. The mind is fixed. The object of meditation is samadhi. You get into the samadhi state. That doesn't mean that you're like this. <laughs> it means that you, you can, in samadhi, you're walking around. You're doing the activities of uh, uh, normal daily activities. But you're still fixed on wanting to serve Krishna, wanting to do something nice for Krishna, and or his devotees, those who are serving him, you see. So, does that make any sense? Yeah, we tried the Maha Mantra, and it's, it's really good uh, for a long period of time to, to keep it, when we're chanting like that, to keep the, the same uh, melody. That way we can, we can embrace it and get into it. You know, if you go a, f a few mantras and then change it to another tune, then, well, now that's okay. I'll go over here and we get into that and it changes again. Oh, okay, I'll go over here. You know, but it's easy for my feeble brain anyway. It's e it's easier if we can fix on that beautiful melody and it just it hypnotizes us in a sweet transcendental way. It's it has a hypnotic power. Yes. Um. In one sense, Om, it's the impersonal sound vibration of the Supreme Lord. So I don't know if it actually goes beyond transcendence. The Holy Name won't go beyond transcendence because the Holy Name itself can be um, the entire spiritual world. And yeah. Within, just within the sound vibration, it's Krishna himself. Um, I think that would be... Like you say, like a higher, higher, a higher, higher tactile. Yeah. To, to aspire for. The only can't take you. How, how far can you? It can only take you to realization. Yeah. It's it's the it's a it's a uh, a step in the right direction. It's the preface for something great to come. And a lot of people nowadays are being taught just to own. Yeah, yeah, I am, it is him, but what's your message to them? Why are you oming him? You know, why did you call him? You dialed his number and he's like, hello? <laughs> hello? Hello? You know, so why are we oming? Why are we reaching out. Why are we wanting to connect? In other words, what's on your mind? Krishna here, what's on your mind? Right. That's why they stop with Om. Exactly. They don't want to go beyond the, 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 the impersonal conception. Om is enough. Because it's just like what if, what Om alone is is like dialing somebody. By if I if I dial your cell phone number, and then I hang up before you pick it up, because I don't really want to talk to you. You know, I want to dial your number, but I don't want to have a, an interface with you. You see, the impersonalists don't want to have an inter interface. They don't want to allow God, the Supreme Godhead, to have personality. Because that complicates things. That complicates their life tremendously. If there is a God, and that God is anything other than the universal energy, you've heard that? Have you heard that, that term? You know, The description of God, the universal energy that pervades all. God, that sounds beautiful, doesn't it? What 
the hell does it mean? <laughs> it doesn't have to mean anything. It just makes me feel good. It doesn't take me anywhere. It's warm and fuzzy, you know. So what's the benefit of it? If, if I can keep God at arm's length, with no personality, there's nothing there but uh, energy. And I am part of that energy. I am that energy. That energy is me. I am God. I can't go wrong. How can I go wrong? You can make your own rules. Precisely. I can make my own rules because God has no personality and I am God because I'm part of that universal energy. You have personality. I'm willing to say that you're God too. I'll let you, I'll let you be God too. Really? If you'll admit that I'm God. We're all we're all part of the universal energy. You can't be God. But we all we all we all merge with it, see? We, you and I are God and we're gonna go back together in this big blob, you know. We're gonna we're gonna goop together someday. You know, and I take a goop picture. But when you get when you get realized though, because you're one with everybody, we're all gonna get realized at the same time. I don't, have to, I don't even have to try and get realized. I just wait for you to kind of get there. And that's a good point. That's a, that's a good argument against that. Why should I do the oming and the austerities and everything? I'll let you become realized and I'll go out with all kinds of nonsense and because I am you and you are me and we're all together, then when you do, when you get realized, bing, all of us get it, you know? Well, you don't have to even wait. There were so many in the past that got realized. Oh, then, then I'm already there. Oh, but wait a minute. I'm already there, but I forgot it because when I came to the material world, I became overcome with Maya, with the illusory energy. How can you become overcome by Maya? Because you're the Supreme. Maya, that would make Maya the Supreme. Yeah, but... Oh, you got me there. <laughs> you see? I mean, these arguments shoot, shoot the, the theory down. That, that It's a theory. You can't prove it, that I am God and you're God. But if I have a bunch of people who don't really understand beyond the oming and the warm and fuzzy feeling, it sounds really good, doesn't it? It sounds good. I, I, there was this one guy that, was, that started out uh, his lecture. And he was saying, I'm not here to convince you that I'm God. I'm here to convince you that you are God. <laughs> and then later on, he was including him with that too. We are God. We are all of us together. Our God. Well, they would say that it's Lila. They would say that I am God. I am under the illusion that I chose to put myself under the illusion. Well, then, if I wasn't able to do that, then I wouldn't be God. Then all you God have to do, do is, is will yourself out of this, you know? Why don't you just click your ruby, ruby slippers together and say, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. Pastime. I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this. You don't seem like you're enjoying. You seem like you're suffering like everything. Your girlfriend just left you. You got a flat tire on your car. To know what happiness is, you have to know what suffering is. Yeah, but aren't you finished with suffering? I heard you the other day and you didn't sound like you were liking your life at all. Yeah, so when do you think you're going to be ready to stop this uh, suffering and, and, and be... I'll take a few more you know, kicks now. You're going to take a few more licks? Okay, good, you know. Stick the chin out. Here, I'll give, I'll give you some right now. Let me know when you've had enough, okay? <laughs> I didn't mean that. You know, so, but it's, it's, you know, you can see how silly this, this concept is. You can shoot, I mean, I'm a small timer and I can shoot holes through it. You know, we can, we can blow it apart, you know, and some people can, um, some of the people who are sold on this impersonalistic philosophy at this point in the argument, they'll start to talk. And they'll say volumes that equal nothing. And how can you defeat somebody who just said nothing? They write books about how books are not important. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a good point. You know? <laughs> well, then why did I buy this stupid book of yours? I want my money back. You know? Sorry, no refunds.
you see. But you can see how, how why do people go to this philosophy? Because it's very convenient. This is really convenient. Because I don't, like you said, I don't have any rules. I can write my own. I can write my own religion. And if it gets uncomfortable, if I wrote it wrong, you know, and I don't like it, then just go change it. I've known people, we've all known people like that. You know, they, they have, you talk to them, you'll say, oh, what's, what's your religious belief? What? I've got my own thing. I do my own thing. Oh, really? Really? Well, what is it? What's it all? Well, I believe, yada, 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 and sis, boom, bah, and blah, 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 blah. And you may talk to them a few months later, and uh, you say, hey, you're still into the so-and-so thing. Well, I don't do that quite like a, I, I, I decided that that wasn't really, so I went to, oh, really? So you've changed your belief. You know, so you can, you can take your scripture and throw it away and reprint another one. And, you know, and you decide how well you're doing. You can give yourself an A plus every time. You know. And then next week, if you can't do it as well, you can decide, well, that's A+. Plus. You see? So, I can always be warm and fuzzy with me. Because after all, it's what works for me. But that, that in itself, that kind of reasoning is, 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 is circular logic. Because it's, there are no facts, only interpretations. Just to say everything is relative, I'm putting that as an absolute. Yeah. If I say there are no facts, the only interpretation, I'm putting that forward as a fact. Yeah, so you just defeated yourself. Very few people that hear that come to that conclusion. Oh, but my dear sir, you've just stated a fact. Yeah, there are no facts. Yeah. Everything is doubtful. Oh, is that a fact? Everything is doubtful, <laughs> including what I just said. Is that, <laughs> is that, is that factual? <laughs> <laughs> Are you convinced about that? Yeah. <laughs> you see, it, it's you're going in circles. It's, it sounds it sounds good. So, so considering that the the, uh, the theory and uh, the understanding uh, can get confusing, uh, could you speak about a little bit more about the importance of guru, or yep. one who one who is in knowledge? Yeah, and yeah. Give that's a good point, you know. Uh, if you're sincere about spiritual life, it's just like if you're sincere about uh, becoming an accountant, you know, uh, then what are you going to do? Sit around and think, uh, you know, I think accounting is probably this way. And I think you ought to, it ought to be like that. Or if you want to be a doctor, you know, you think, you know, I think that when you remove a clot from an artery. I think it ought to be done this way. That's the way I would do it. That's my thing. You see? No. You go to a... If you want to be an accountant, you go to an accountant. If you're smart, a really good accountant. And you listen to him submissively. You don't go in thinking, I know all about accounting, so I want to hear your spin on it. No, you go in and you say, look, my dear sir, I don't know anything about accounting, but I want to learn. Or I want to learn medicine. I want to be a good doctor. I don't know. I've never, I've never done brain surgery, but I want to learn. You know, and I think you can teach me. So that makes me a qualified student, and it allows you to be a qualified teacher because I'm going to hear submissively. I already have checked you out, and I've decided you know your stuff. You can teach me brain surgery. You know, or rocket science. Or rocket surgery. That's supposed to be funny. Jeez, what a crap. <laughs> I'm dying over here. You see? Or if you want to learn law or whatever, you have to seek out somebody who knows, who has an understanding of it. So if I want spirit, why is it that for, medic, for medicine, for accounting, for law, for engineering, uh, for everything, carpenter work, I seek out somebody who already knows it. But spiritual life, I want to do that on my own. Any intelligence here? This is the most valuable thing you're ever going to learn. I mean, this controls your destiny. 
at the time of death. This is big stuff. This is more important than getting a law degree or a medicine degree or an accounting degree. This is the this is the real deal, you know. So I got to make sure I don't screw this up. Why the hell would I want to say I got my own thing going here? Oh, really? Okay, so that's reasonable. Makes sense. Let's say we found the Guru, and now Guru points out because spirituality and spiritual life is about finding or reaching the spiritual objectives, spiritual goals. So Guru points out, so this is the absolute truth. And so, <clears throat> absolute truth is, you know, spiritual truth being unlimited. How can they be, how can they be pointed out to if they are if, if the spiritual truth, absolute truth is unlimited? How can Guru point out to something that is unlimited? It could be Oh, like when the Guru says that God's energy is unlimited? Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, we can understand. We, sh we should be able to understand unlimited. But now, some people have, uh, have difficulty with infinite because we're finite. Everything around us is finite. You know, uh, we feel like there is a... There, even though it seems unlimited, like the, the number of grains of sand on a beach, we feel like, well, you could be able to count every one of them, you know. You could account for all of them. Even all of them on, on the planet, you should be, there's a finite number of them. So, a guru is able, first of all, to teach you what is, what does infinite mean? Infinite means not only uh, innumerable, but ever-increasing. You see, so the guru is one that can can give you spiritual knowledge. Spirit, he can tell you about the laws of the spiritual world, which are different than the laws of the material world. In the material world, you're either one thing or you're another. You know, you're either pro or con. You're conservative or uh, uh, what's the other one? Uh, liberal. Liberal. You're the conservative liberal. You know, Democrat or Republican, you're black or you're white, you're this or you're that, and blah, blah, blah. you know, you, you, I'm going to categorize you. Either you're one or the other. You can't be both. Mm. But in the spiritual world, there's the achintya abeta beta beta uh, uh, beta tattva beta abeta tattva potency. Krishna is, is is simultaneously one and something else. The spiritual laws don't apply to this world. There there is infinite. And, and there, it's been proven that most people can't understand what infinite means. They, they can't, and, you know, it's just like there was an insurance company many years ago that had, uh, uh, um, most insurance companies had, a, and their major medical plans had a million dollar lifetime maximum. That sounds like a lot. That's a lot of money. In other words, you pay your premiums to me every month and I'll pay your claims up to a million dollars in your lifetime. And then some other company did some numbers on it and they thought, hey, you know, for like two cents more a month, we could sell a $2 million maximum. So they were saying, our maximum, our lifetime maximum is $2 million. Well, people were saying, well, that's better. That's twice the coverage as this one. And then somebody came along and said, well, we'll give 10. And said, wow, that's a knockout. 10 million bucks. Lifetime, man, I'll never spend that much money. And it's a little bit more. Yeah, I'll pay that. And then uh, Aetna Life and Casualty—they were the big, the big Kahuni at that time—and they said they they did some actuary and they thought, you know, for just pennies more, we can give them unlimited because the, the the likelihood that somebody will have a fifty billion dollar claim is just not there. So we'll give you our policy is unlimited. And most people felt like. I think I'd rather have the $10 million. I understand what $10 million is. I don't know what the hell you're talking about with unlimited. Well, it's more than $10 million. Yeah, but are you sure? I mean, you're not giving me a number. You're saying it's unlimited. I can't wrap my, my mind around that. 
So they went to a 10 million, or I think they went to like a 20 million dollar limit, and their sales went straight up. But they couldn't sell unlimited. People were like, I don't know about this unlimited. How can you say it's un, you know? So our materially trained and conditioned minds have a hard time with things that are infinite. We want things that are finite. It's either this or it's that. You see. There's, there's, there's two types of infinite. Um, one of them isn't really infinite. It's just a number that's ever increasing. The other has reached the infinite state, which is inconceivable to the human mind. Most people, they know what materials are. They think they know. Like, well, these elements, you know, this is all material, materialism. But then when spirituality is invoked, it's very difficult to actually put your finger on it because it's something that exists beyond material imagination. Yeah. So it's, it, it, you know. Now, like you were saying, how, how can the, the guru transcend that barrier, you know, of, of, from material to spiritual? Now, it's not only that the senses are imperfect. There are, you know, our, 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 spirit, our experience is, is spiritual at its core. No, that's very long and to that time. There's never a time that did not exist. No, yeah. no, it's just that we don't have an experience of eternity. That would be the only way to actually prove that eternity exists, is, is to actually experience it for a time. Well, and, and that's the answer to the question. The, the proof is in the pudding. You have to taste it. So first, we, we, we seek out a group. First of all, we have to be wise enough to say, I believe that I need a spiritual teacher. They've seen it. So I've got to find one of these guys. All right. You, you're one of the best, man. <laughs> huh? You go, you go, you go. Yeah, but I'm saying that's the, 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 materially, the materially afflicted. Oh, okay, right, he right. says, I, that's his first step. All right. I think I need a guru to help me on this spiritual path, you know? Now, if I don't like him, I'm going to cut him loose at any minute. But, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to invest what? The F word, not the bad F word, <laughs> the good F word. Faith. I'm going to invest my faith. You know, I found a guy, I checked him out, I like what he says. Not only does it make me feel warm and fuzzy, but I think it's a warm and fuzzy I can hang on to, and it doesn't just fade away. You know, this is real. I'm feeling some some spiritual upliftment from my association with this person. So I'm going to give him my faith. Now, when somebody gives faith, what do they expect in return? We don't even know that we expect it, but it's there. If you just give faith, that's not enough. Faith in and of itself. Faith, faith has to turn into something. Oh, into, into experience. Knowledge. Knowledge. For, it's just like if he says, look, I've got a, uh, a stock that if you give me your money, I'm going to invest it in a mutual fund. And, and I guarantee a 20% return on your investment this year. I'm thinking, eh, I don't know. But I checked him out. He's, he's kind of rich and he seems like he knows his stuff. All right, I'm going to give you my faith. Here's my money. Now I'm wanting knowledge. I want to see you perform. In other words, okay, what do I get back? I gave you faith. So, and it's not the kind of thing where I invest my faith in you and I don't get to know until I die. That's blind faith. You should get some return. So if you find a spiritual teacher, if you find a guru, you invest your faith. If you don't get any return, you turn and walk away. But if you get a return, then you think, hey, this I did the right thing. I have found the right guide. I found the right vehicle to take me to God. I have now, now my faith is growing every day because there's a return. There, there's a reciprocation. You see. Lord Krishna says that. Those who surrender to me perform loving devotional service will know me in full. It doesn't say you gotta wait until you die. No, you can you can know him in full. What is it? Seventh seventh chapter of Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says that? Seven one. Seven one, yeah, the very beginning, Krishna says that. That's Srinam. Yeah, yeah. Just hear from me. Just yeah. 
Let Krishna explain himself for himself. Huh? Let, uh, let Krishna explains about himself by himself. Yeah. Yeah. And Krishna, why can we learn to know God? He sends his representative, his bona fide representative, and it's his desire that you know him. He knows you. You see, this is a continuing relationship. You already had a relationship with him, a personal, up close and personal relationship, a loving relationship, you see. And you have decided that you're going to leave and look for something else. It's, I'll, I'll tell you, it's kind of like this. All right. It's kind of like, let's say two people are together, spouse, they have a spousal arrangement, a marriage, let's say. And uh, they get married when they're right out of college. So they're like 23. All right. So 30 years go by. And you're married to this perfect person. You're just in love. And the relationship is really sweet for 30 years. After 30 years, you're 53 now. The person says one morning, you know, oh, when they're waking up, hey, you know what? I, I think I'd like to see other people. What does that do to your heart? <laughs> what? Yeah, you know, I was thinking that I wonder if there's anything I, I, I'd kind of like to enjoy with somebody other than you. I mean, it's been fun. This has been great. But I kind of thought, you know, maybe we could see other people. You know, I want to see, I want to date some other, somebody else. I want to see if I can enjoy with somebody else other than you. Okay, now if that happened to us, we'd be crushed. <laughs> oh my God. But Krishna is God and he knows he's God. And he knows, you're not going to find anything better than me. You're not going to find anything as good as me. He, you know, he knows he's Krishna. And he knows that you're going to leave and you're going to go looking around for something that equals me, but you're going to be right back here. You see? Now, because Krishna is the supreme, he's the supreme everything, which makes him the supreme lover. All right? To, to Krishna, love is very special. It's got to be perfect love. Not just puppy love or, you know, it's got to be perfect love. Right on love. He wants the best because he's God and he can get the best. So for love to be perfect, you have to be chosen by your mate. Isn't it? So Krishna could say to you at that point, when you say, I'd like to find something other. Is there anything better than you? Krishna could probably argue to you and convince you there's nothing as good as me. But that's, that doesn't have the right taste for him. Perfect love is like, all right, if you have the desire to explore other relationships, then go for it. Go for it. And when you're ready, if you're ever ready, come on back. You see? So we've left. And we came into the material world looking for something better. We're trying to enjoy. When our relationship with Krishna is one that we cause him to enjoy through our service and love to him. And when we cause him to enjoy, we feel great enjoyment. We enjoy. See, in the material world, we feel like we're the enjoyer. But spiritually, our true identity spiritually is we're the enjoyed. When we're enjoyed by the Supreme, we feel great enjoyment. So much so that we can't get enough of pleasing Him. When we make Him happy, His love for us grows, which makes our love for Him grow. It's an infinite thing, see. So, we leave and come to the material world looking for enjoyment, aside from Him. I want to enjoy. I want to become the enjoyer. I'm envious of you and your position. I want to be the enjoyer. The thing of it is, unfortunately, that doesn't work. For the living entity, we're not the enjoyer. We are the enjoyed. And you can prove that to yourself. You can, if you think about it, you know. It's just like, uh, you know, have you ever have you ever fixed a meal for uh, friends, friends and family, you know? 
if you're going to do something for your friends, invite them over. Maybe you're going to have a football party or something. You're going to make some snacks. You're going to go all out, you know. But if it was just you sitting down to eat, you throw a couple of things together. You know, it's not a big deal, you know. So we get tremendous enjoyment when we cause others to enjoy, you see. It's very satisfying when I give you enjoyment, then I feel, wow, that was, I, I feel so gratified because by our nature, we are the enjoyed, you see. So, uh, we've left Krishna, we've come to the material world, and we're searching for something aside from him. And if we meet the proper teacher, if we meet the proper guru, he'll turn us around, you know, snap us out of it, and send us on the right direction, back home, back to Godhead, back where we came. And could we do this on our own? Could we come to this realization on our own? Maybe. But do you, how, how, how safe do you feel rolling the dice like that? You know, I'm not going to say you only have one life to live and at the end of this one you're either going to go to heaven or hell. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you're going to go into another body at the time of death and start it all over again, looking for enjoyment again and try to... Well, maybe in that in that birth you get a human body. Maybe you'll find spiritual knowledge, and maybe it'll be a hundred births, maybe a thousand births from now. But the the people who are spiritual aspirants have decided I've had enough of this. I've had enough of this. It, it's kind of like that movie, um, The Wizard of Oz. When I was a kid, I used to watch that every Thanksgiving. Do they still put that on in Thanksgiving? They used to be. They have a new one? Yeah, it's an Oz. Really? Is it Oz? The Great and Powerful. Huh. Well, you know the part where Dorothy's there and she's talking to the wizard. She finally made it to the Emerald City. And there's like, the wizard's like this big head. And there's flames over there. And the little dog goes over and pulls this curtain. And there's a man behind there working the machine. And he says, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. <laughs> it's too late. You already know, wait a minute, this is a scam. You see, once you figure it out, how do you dumb yourself down? Once you get some intelligence, how do you become stupid again? <laughs> Unless you bang your head or something like that, you know. You yeah. see. That'll help. <laughs> Until tomorrow morning, you know, or tomorrow afternoon, <laughs> tomorrow evening, you know. So, um, once you start to figure out that this material world doesn't work for me, there's got to be something better. Now, we, we see people all the time, and they don't care a thing about spiritual life. You know, it's grab all the gusto you can, and this, and this go, you only go around once, you know. Let's eat, drink, and be merry, and have a great time. And, and that's all. You, you start talking about spiritual life, and they'll say, Oh, that's too deep for me. You know, eh. well, that's okay. They're still under the spell of illusion. They actually believe you can squeeze some uh, enjoyment out of this material world. But there are people, uh, older souls, who have been here a long time, and they're starting to see behind the curtain, and they're starting to figure things out, and they get a little inquisitive. And they inquire about spiritual life, you see. Or it could be somebody who really doesn't have any inquiry about spiritual life. They just get lucky by the mercy of the Lord. And they happen to meet a devotee. Somehow they get a book. Why? Krishna says, you know, I like you. I'm going to give you a chance. You don't deserve it, but I'm going to give you a shot. You know? I don't know a devotee that that's, has become... A devotee that said, you know, I, I deserved it. I really deserved this. Every devotee I know says, it's just the right place at the right time. I was going down the street and there was this guy there and he had a box of books, you know, and he said, hey, buddy, who? Huh? What is that? Let's see. Yeah, okay, here's some money. I'll take that, you know. You read the book and you, you think, wow, now I have to inquire. There's, this is... This book has opened up a lot of questions in my mind that I need answers. I need to sit down with somebody and, and learn. And they say, well, you know, 
our guru is coming to town, you should meet him. Oh, well I'd like that, you know. And then you start climbing the steps out of ignorance, out of lack of knowledge, you see. So, uh, it could be that you were inquisitive. You, from, from birth, you were inquisitive about what's the meaning of life? Why are we here, you see? And, uh, and then you happen to meet someone who has some knowledge. And they, they, they bring you up a step further. The chances of you doing it on your own, I'd say it's possible. Is it likely? Not a, you know, no, it's not likely. Because you have a tendency to speculate. You're going to speculate. You're, you have a tendency to make mistakes. You have a tendency to become uh, illusioned by the material energy. Has anybody in the room ever made a mistake in a relationship? We're fallible, aren't we? But when you made that mistake in the relationship, were you convinced it was the right thing? Huh? Most of the time, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. oh, thank you, God. Thank you for letting me meet this wonderful, perfect person. You know. And then you, very soon after that, it's crash and burn. You see, we can make mistakes. We're able, we're, we're able to make mistakes. We're able to become influenced by other people. You ever bought anything that somebody convinced you was a good thing to buy and later on you find out that oh, I shouldn't have bought this. You see? So we are fallible. You know? So doing it on our own is not a smart thing to do. Uh, we need a guide. We need somebody. Yeah. When you were talking about how weak it was our desire to come back here, I guess I never understood that. So were we were we at one point with Krishna? Yeah. We so we had the intelligence still to, or have that, like, like you said, inquire. I want to know what it is to be like that. Or, yeah. So that's still our consciousness, right? So we stay that. I mean, even though our soul passes on to different bodies, do we maintain like? How are we with Krishna and be able to be jealous or something? You know what I mean? Like, we're covered over. We're like we're we're like um, um, we're kind of in a coma in a way, you know, um, Krishna's not in a coma. He remembers where the relationship left off. You know, we were, we were in love with each other up until this point where you decided you wanted to go away and look for somebody else. So now you came to the material world, you came under the spell of, of material uh, energy. Now see, some people say, well, what does that really mean? All right, I believe that I'm a human being, but I'm not. I'm not this body. I'm not an American. I'm not a man. I'm an eternal soul. At least you're saying how was it possible for a perfect being to get distracted when yeah, Oh, that's your question? Already in this yeah, you're already there yeah. because you have free will. You have free will. You have to have free will to inquire. Otherwise, the love isn't complete for Krishna. Krishna doesn't want you to, to have to be to think that you're my only choice Krishna says I love you do you love me well yeah who else is there <laughs> you know it's just like if you're the only girl in town or if you're the only girl in school and all the guys want to date you I mean there's no competition somebody tells you you're the most beautiful girl in school I know. <laughs> you know. Duh. Duh. So that's not a perfect, you can't have a perfect thriving love <clears throat> if you believe that well, I don't have any choice. You see? So Krishna has that, he, he has given you that ability to choose him. He wants to be chosen. If you should ever, if you should ever have that doubt. Or that question, is there anything better? You don't want, he doesn't want you to come to the conclusion, well, there's no other choice. There isn't anything but you. You see, to him, that's dry. He's the supreme romantic. You see, if, if you, out of your free will, have that wonder, that thought, if you can go there, then he insists that you have the ability to explore and find out. And, and to believe 
that there might be someone as good or better. So even there, it's like, you know, so pure devotees get to Krishna. But even then when you're with Krishna, it's like then you have to still continue to be really pure. Otherwise, you're, you're still going to have a thought of, well, I, I may go back. You know, well, no, Krishna guarantees more, so. that when you come back home, you'll never, you'll never go. Because you've proven it to yourself. You've proven it to yourself. You, you had the question, you went on your trek, was it, wasn't it that we came back because we had the desire not to be with Krishna? That's where I get confused. It's like if we were with Krishna at one point, but I had the desire not to be because it wasn't... It's just know. that I had the desire to enjoy, to see if I could enjoy separate from okay. it. So even that, I had the desire to enjoy, so then you go back to the material world or whatever, you know, yeah. and then we meet a devotee, become Krishna conscious, work very hard to... Be, well, to go back to Godhead. Well, we're leaving out one important facet of it. We're also envious. You know, I want to have some control. I kind of like to sit in your seat. I want to see if there's anything I can I can enjoy. In other words, you're the enjoyer, and I'm the enjoyed. I want to change roles. I want to be the enjoyer. I'd like to have people serving me. I'd like to see what that's like. And Krishna says, would you really like that? So you want to see if you can enjoy separate from me. You want to see if there's anything better than me. And you're thinking that that thing that's better than me could be you. So, yeah, you can go to the material world. And as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm about to create a whole universe. Would you like to be the supreme controller there? I have a position, Lord Brahma. And you can go and you're the top dog in that universe. I'll let you create it. I'll, you know, I'll give you the ability to do it. And you can be numero uno. You can see what it's like to be top. Yeah, but it sucks because it's imperfect. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Dad. <laughs> thanks, no thanks. But Lord, Lord Brahma doesn't know that. You know, when you go, you don't know that in the beginning. You think, yeah, really? I, me? I get to be in charge? I'm, I get to be like you? Whoa, I can't wait. You know? Man, I'm not, I know I'm going to do things different than you, man. <laughs> Boy, this is going to be great, you know? So, it's not that Krishna throws a living entity, casts you down into hell, throws you out, make, you know, you get the body of a worm in, in pig stool. You know, is there anything worse than pig cat stool? You know, that's the worst thing. You know, it's not like okay, damn you to hell. Krishna says, hey, you know, I'll work with you here. You, know, you want you want to be the controller? You want to be the center of attention? Did you ever feel like you wanted to be the center of attention? Yeah. I mean, it's just like. It's 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 happening inside of us all the time, you know. And we can prove it to ourselves. Let's just say that we get together and we take a group photo. You've heard this, haven't yes. you? Take a group photo of all of us, you know, and we see smile, say gee gee, you know. We take the photo and then we pass it around. When it comes to you, who's the first person you're going to look for? You're going to look for the center of your universe, aren't you? You know? That's a little embarrassing. Yeah, it is embarrassing. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're going to look for the center of your Facebook page. <laughs> you know? Oh, God, I was blinking. <laughs> ah, man, the camera really does add 10 pounds. Oh, jeez. You know, or somebody might say, ooh, that is a good one. I'm gonna put that on my face. That's gonna be my. That's my new Facebook. Uh, what do they call it? You know, yeah. you know. I want every. I want the world to see this picture. You know. So, I mean, it really and truly. If you admit it, if you get honest with yourself, it really and truly is all about me. Now you think it's all about you, but it's really all about me. You see. It's a happy family. Yeah. Yeah. You see. Does that make any sense? Does that clarify it? It's, it's difficult to understand, and Srila Prabhupada said to us, don't spend too much time worrying about how you got here. 
spend your energy and your uh, uh, intelligence on how do I get out. When we get back. <laughs> because like you get out and then you, just, you mess up again because you're, you know, that's what well, I don't know. <laughs> you get back and you, you go so to Krishna and you say, you know, please don't let me do that again. Please. Oh, no, he already, he already guarantees him. Yeah, he guarantees, but ask him again. You say, hey, you know, can you, I got a contract here. Can you sign this? <laughs> and I need you to initial here. And he's going to notarize it, so you're not going to let me do that again, okay? And Krishna's like, all right, you know. But they'll be interfering with free will. I don't want it. I don't want it. I want you to take it away. It, it's an impediment. Okay? You gave it to me. I thought it was great. I felt free. And I totally screwed myself up. For millions of births, I screwed up. I can't do it. I don't want it. I, you know, and that's another thing I beg that you take it away. Because, I want, okay, you've given me free will. I want to exercise my free will one last time. I want you and nothing else. Now, take it away. I've exercised my free will. You say, I'm begging, take it away, please. If you love me, you'll take it away. Don't ever let me forget you again. You know, now that I'm back, I don't ever. Please, whatever it takes. But wouldn't that be sufficient? That our soul desires just to have Krishna? Yeah, that's all you really please, need. To please Krishna. That's all you really need. Because it's not really necessary for Krishna to take it away. No. And I don't think he, he wants to take it away because the very meaning of love and relationship that it's, it's voluntary. You've got to you've got to give it away. You've got to flush it down the toilet. <laughs> you know. Well, you I'll, you're going to want him to take it away, but he's going to say, "But you have it. You have to destroy it. You have to throw it away." I'm not I'm not going to take it away from you. You get rid of it. Why? Why destroy it if you can be purified? That's a good point. If I can, pur well, purifying it means it goes away. It, it's gone away. I purify it by only wanting you, and that's it. But if it goes away, where is the relationship? That I just want you. Okay, so it's there. In a pure form. But it's not going to flicker back to, well, maybe yeah, I... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's there in a pure form. Maybe I want him. Yeah, it's there in a pure form. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's purified. It's, be, it's become spiritualized. I want nothing but Krishna. I just want, I want nothing but you. It, it's like, I think that example is given once, once burned twice shy, coming back, having the experience of material world is a nightmare. You, you, you want it. You don't want to go there. Yeah. And, and the thing of it is, a lot of people think, well, gosh, this sounds so cruel. You know, and God, He loves you and He lets you take off for this 150 billion year trip? <laughs> you know, what, what the hell kind of God, God is that? You know, I mean, I know He sent His pure devotees again and again and again. I turn my back on life after life. You know, I know, but still, He somehow or other allowed me to do this 150 billion year thing so does that sound kind of cruel sounds pretty harsh doesn't it now let's think on the liberated let's think spiritually the spiritual world is what eternal eternal i mean that's hard for us to wrap our minds around but think it's it's, it's it never had a beginning never had an end. There's no such thing as time. So, if you're with Krishna and you have, it's kind of like this, let's say that you're uh, picking flowers for Krishna in the spiritual world. You're picking these incredibly beautiful flowers. They're so beautiful they almost make you faint. And there's this, the aroma makes you intoxicated. And you're coming and picking these flowers to offer to Krishna. And you come across one that's exceptionally beautiful. And you think, I wonder how this flower would look in Krishna's turban. I wonder really, though, how this flower would look in my turban. So now all of a sudden I become the center of my universe. 
And in a brief moment, I contemplate it and I say, no, really, I want to know what this flower looks like in Krishna's turban. Now, in that time where you hesitated to consider what would it look like for me, you went to the material world for 150 billion years. Because yeah. Yeah, in, in the scope of eternity, 150 billion years is not even a nanosecond. It cannot, it's so short, it can't even be measured. It practically didn't even really happen. All you know is you had a thought and it was an ugly thought, you don't like it. You know, no, no, that's, that's stupid. I want to see what this flower will look like on Krishna's turban. You see? So it's not like you get back and you're all tired like when you're on a long trip. <laughs> you know, it's not like coming back from India, you just got off a 24-hour flight or something like that, and you're like, ah, all sweaty, I need a shower. You know? Never again. Yeah, never again. <laughs> You know, it's like when I left India, I had a, a, a four-hour uh, taxi ride from Govardhan to uh, Delhi Airport, a three-hour wait for my flight, a three-hour flight to Dubai, a three-and-a-half-hour layover in Dubai to catch the direct flight to Dallas, a 16-hour flight to Dallas, and two hours getting through customs. It seemed like a long trip, you know. I'm, I mean, I've done it a lot of times, but it just never seems like it's piece of cake, you know. Well, man, I need a shower, I need a nap, I don't know what time it is, the sun's out, but I feel like I need to sleep. Uh, you know, so it's not like that. It's not like you feel like, oh, I just went through this hellish thing. You just had a moment where you were thinking of you as number one, and you thought, that's ridiculous. And in that time, you transcended, I mean, you, 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 you left and you experienced the material world. You see, because this this trip through the material world is immeasurable. Now, while we're here, it seems like hell. We're under the law of time and the laws of the material world. You know, so we're suffering. You know, in the in the spiritual world, we're not. We don't suffer. There's no suffering. The only suffering is we may be anticipating that Krishna may leave us, or he may hide, and you can't <laughs> find him. You know. You see, play games like that. You see, but that's nothing like the the suffering that we that we experience in the material world. So, uh, it's like that. It's and it, it, while we're here, it's a really big deal. We need to get out. We need to end this this dream. It's a dream, but it's real, and we need to get out of it. We, I need to wake up. I don't like this. This has really gone wrong. This is not what I had planned. And I like to get this thing over with as soon as possible. But when you are restored to your original constitutional position, it was just you know, practically didn't even happen. All you know is that your love for Krishna has increased. And it keeps on increasing. Does that make any sense? Put it, it's a, it's yeah. difficult to... But it's a good. It shows that you're smart and you're serious. You want to know. How did I get here? Why did I leave? Why would I leave Krishna? You know, it's, it's very complicated. Something we could talk about for years, you know. So, uh, all right. Any, anything else? We don't have to stop, you know, if you don't want to. But if you want to, we can wrap it up. Yeah, we're actually running out of time. Are we? Mm -hmm. All right. All right, then. I mean, there's maybe five, ten minutes. Another question will come. Can we go back to the spiritual world as long as we're still trying to control other people? As long as you're trying to control other people. Uh, in what context? What do you mean? Like you want to end in five or ten minutes. Oh, you mean is he eligible to go back to the spiritual world because he's trying? To... <laughs> I was wondering that same question. Can we talk? Can we... You know, let's get away from him and talk. <laughs> uh, it's going to be really difficult. You're trying to control other people. Control is a really nasty word. You know, influence. Well, that's better. You know. If somebody has a, a habit like uh, drinking alcohol and it's 
you think it's going to hurt the smoking so you know I have a friend that smokes cigarettes you might want to influence them as much as you can to quit but you wouldn't want to point a gun at them and force them you know to control them or you know if you do this again I'm going to beat you up or I'm going to sick my pit bull on you or something you know so control no if you have the, the mentality that you want to be a controller then you're still kind of sick materially you know you're not well to have the desire to influence people to do something that's better for them out of love now that's sweet that's nice it shows that I'm not focusing on just me you know now I've put you in the center of my universe and I really want to influence and help you I'm not thinking about me so much anymore you know so uh, yeah, as we as we heal spiritually, we want to influence, but we're not looking to control. It's not desirable for a devotee to be in control. Does that make any sense? Yes, perfect sense. Yeah. Okay, what else? Okay, thank you all so much. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Krishna. Glorious to Srila Prabhupada. Hare Krishna. Well, I, I